Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. Some stories are so strange, they feel as though they should be the unbelievable plot of a bizarre movie. On October 16, 1997, a man was arrested for a crime that, though confusing at times, is a tale stranger than fiction. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Andras Potty was born on June 1, 1927, in Chop, Carpathian, Ruthenia, a village just across the border from Hungary. Working as a church counselor for the Reformed Church of Hungary, Andras met and married a woman named Ilona before the failed Hungarian Revolution of 1956 forced them to flee to Belgium. Once there, Andras began working as a pastor for a small Hungarian Protestant community living in Brussels, as well as a religious teacher for the United Protestant Church, while he and Ilona welcomed their daughter Agnes and later sons Daniel and Zoltan. Unfortunately, shortly after the birth of their third child in 1966, the pair decided to separate with Andras, citing his wife's infidelity as the cause. She moved out with the boys and left 11-year-old Agnes with her father. It wasn't long before Agnes took her mother's place in Andras's bed. To the outside world, the Potty family looked like the picture of perfection. Andras was a former man of God turned into a well-to-do businessman who founded an organization to provide foster care for the children orphaned during the Romanian Revolution, all while keeping a firm hand on his family at home. In reality, he funneled the money from the organization to purchase himself two homes in Brussels, and behind those closed doors was a, quote, authoritarian bully, a sexually ferocious predator who advised for partners in the Hungarian press, and an abuser of his own children. In the early 1970s, Andras began courting women whom he met through a Hungarian dating service, giving a false name along the way, and by the end of the decade, had made quite a few trips into Hungary for these dates, where he would meet his second wife, a married woman named Edith, who came with four children from two previous marriages. After his divorce with Alona was final, he and Edith were officially married, the pair welcomed two more children into the fold, son Andras Jr. and daughter Rika. Despite having a new wife to warm his bed, Andras began a second abusive incestuous relationship with his stepdaughter, and after raping her, got the young girl pregnant. Tamia, Edith's daughter, tried desperately to tell someone about the abuse coming from her stepfather. But for some reason, everyone seemed to brush her off. And when she got pregnant, they all claimed that she must have used a towel containing Andras's semen to impregnate herself. She was soon sent off to live in a different house with Agnes, 
who, in what is believed to be a fit of jealousy, tried to bludgeon Tamiya to death with an iron bar. While recovering in the hospital, Tamiya tried again to report the abuse. No one believed her, and she later gave birth to a son whom she named Mark before escaping in 1986 to start a new life away from her family. But not before telling her mother exactly who the father of her son was. This sparked a very heated argument between the couple. Shortly after the fight, both Edith and her then 14-year-old son, Andrea, disappeared. According to what Andras told police, Edith left him for another man and moved off to Germany, a fact that was cemented when a telegram came in from the missing woman. Two years later, Ilona, his first wife, and their two sons disappeared as well, with Andras claiming the trio had simply moved away to France. Or was it South America? With stories that he couldn't quite keep straight, Andras seemed to move on pretty easily while keeping the company of Edith's third child, Tunde, who stayed with her stepfather after her mother's disappearance. In 1990, he sent Agnes off on a vacation with his two youngest children. And when she returned, Tunde was nowhere to be found. According to Andras, she became disturbed and was sent to live with another family. It was all becoming too much, and to even the most untrained eye, the disappearance of almost everyone in Andras's life should have drawn some suspicion. However, Andras was a well-liked member of the community, and coupled with his false testimony and forged evidence, there was very little the police could do. In 1992, Agnes finally got up the courage to report her sexual abuse. And though no real action was taken at the time, police did start to grow suspicious of the man they had previously written off. And due to the large number of missing women in the area and his frequent visits, as well as a summer home nearby, the Hungarian police joined in with the Brussels police to look into Andras with a little bit more gusto. Shortly after forming their joint investigation, two siblings came forward claiming that they both accepted offers from Andras Potty to become his third wife, at which point he locked them in his Brussels home and forced them to cook and clean, keeping them from running away by saying they would raise suspicion if they were wandering the streets only able to speak Hungarian. After rejecting this dangerous man, they demanded he send them back to Hungary and shockingly, he obliged. After some digging, Andras Potty was arrested on October 16, 1997, and in November of that same year, Agnes herself was arrested and, a few days later, confessed to participating in the murders with her father. In fact, she claimed she was her own mother's killer and took part in all but Tunde's murder. She claimed that at least two of the murders were carried out with a handgun and, in the others, a sledgehammer. They were then dismembered, partially dissolved with liquid plumber in the basement, and whatever was left was taken to a local slaughterhouse for disposal. All of Andras's many properties were then evacuated, and at one, the skeletal remains of at least seven women of unknown origin were encased in the concrete of the home's basement. DNA determined that these women were not relatives of Andras' party. This, combined with his extensive use of Hungarian dating services, led to police suspicion that he has many, many other victims whom have never been found. There is also speculation that some of the children left in his care who never made it home 
those fostered after the 1989 revolution, may have been victims of Andras, Agnes, or both. Agnes was also connected to the 1993 disappearance of a 12-year-old girl whose mother was romantically involved with her father. The Hungarian authorities searched the interconnected basements of Andras's former home just north of Budapest, and while the findings were concealed, there were reports that suggested a, quote, old family tragedy might have been the motive for his murder spree. In fact, they go on to suggest that the man arrested in Belgium was not Andras at all, but a sibling to the real Andras Potty, whose death was officially recorded in 1956, the same year Andras migrated to Belgium. They also found two girls and a boy who had, on several occasions, impersonated his missing children. Regardless of the wild accusations of this case, Andras Potty, who denied all of the allegations against him, was charged with the murders of his six family members, due in large part to Agnes's testimony. Claiming the proceedings were a witch trial against him, Andras told the jury that these women and children were still alive and well, claiming that he was in contact with them, quote, through angels. When asked why the missing members could not be found during the four years of investigation, Andras replied, It is up to justice to prove they are dead. When I am free again, they will come and visit me. On March 6, 2002, Andras Potty was convicted of six murders, attempted murder, and the rape of three of his daughters. He was sentenced to life imprisonment without the chance of parole. He died on December 23, 2013. Agnes Potty, who readily admitted to the role she played in the murders, received a 21-year sentence as an accomplice in five of the murders and one for attempted murder. While the prosecution pushed for a harsher sentence, her lawyers argued that she was under the, quote, overwhelming and irresistible spell of a father who was raping and grooming her for most of her life. She saw no way out of the life she was given and instead did what she needed to survive. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on October 17th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.